comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. And welcome back to the Walking Dead TV podcast. I'm Jordan from Jersey at Jordan FRM Jersey, and I'm joined this week by Aaron Newworth at Aaron's PS4, hey. Rich Chubtoad Sheldon at Chubtoad01, and Jim Dietz at Yoda Jones. How are you guys all doing this week? Feeling good. Come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. <laughs> are you feeling better than Beth was this episode, Aaron? Yeah, uh, of course. I'm like no, no one's slapping me <laughs> unnecessarily. So, no, and if you play this yet. podcast backwards, <laughs> you'll find my secret recipe for guinea pig. <laughs> now, what do you serve with a guinea pig, Jim? Our resident uh, chef. I guess anything you would serve with a normal game meat, like maybe some nice stuffing, would be nice. You know, like a cornbread stuffing, I would think. Something like potatoes. Ooh, I yeah, like something hearty. I'd make gravy. it like a hunter's meal. Yeah. You know? Unless I braised it go. and made like that a hunter stew, maybe or a brie- like a bigoche, a Polish bigoche. I feel like. Guinea pig doesn't seem like it has too much meat to really be braised properly, I guess. But no, nah, yeah, but it probably has a lot of fat in it. You got to feed them. You know, get time. a good broth off of it. That's what I was thinking. So. There you go. Got yourself a stew, baby. That's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hot ham water. Why has this podcast suddenly become the reference Arrested Development at least once a week podcast? Not that I'm complaining. But I, just <laughs> I think it's because you added me. <laughs> Off topic, I've been watching the Alien and Predator movies, and we got to Predator, and so I got to Carl Weathers. And my, one of my favorite scenes of Arrested Development is when Carl Weathers, like they show, like they Ron Howard, the narrator, is introducing Carl Weathers, and they do so by showing a clip from Predator where he's like screaming after his arm just got shot off, which makes me laugh every time. <laughs> oh, Carl Weathers! Uh, so this week on the Walking Dead TV podcast, we're discussing season five, episode four of The Walking Dead, Slab Town. Um, what were your general thoughts on the episode before we get into the plot summary, gentlemen? Um, not a fan, actually. Um, after a few weeks of really strong episodes of The Walking Dead, where I thought the show is not necessarily turned a corner, because I think it already has turned several corners to, for the better, but it certainly seems more like this was an episode featuring a lot of wheels being spun, as opposed to forwarding us in a direction that we wanted to go in. And of course, for your full written review, which I've read and was very well written, you can go to theyoungfolks.com and look up uh, look up his yeah. reviews, which he posts every week. Or or to our Facebook group, uh, Walking Dead TV Podcast Facebook group on, well, where else? But yeah, Facebook. thanks, Jordan, for that. Yeah, I, you, know, you can. I, I've added basically a thousand words to the sentence I just read about my uh, thoughts on the episode. <laughs> yeah, I was not a huge fan of this episode either. It just seemed very... Very dull. First of all, I mean uh, the the actors involved. I really didn't really didn't connect with any of them. Uh, and, and instead of Slab Town, they should call it Slap Town. It just seemed like that 
that one lady officer was just like <laughs> dishing out the the pimp slaps like <laughs> you know, like gingerbread cookies at Christmas. It was uh, I don't know. It just I I just wasn't drawn into it. I was the opening was kind of well you know we get a little more granular, but the opening kind of reminded me of the very you know the opening of the very first episode. You know, waking up in the hospital and whatnot. But, I mean, some things were kind of telegraphed as they went along, and you kind of could figure out, what, you know, kind of the direction it was going. And um, I, I don't know. I just I, I didn't think it was that strong of an episode. It's funny you mentioned the actors because we talked last week about how Seth Gilliam, how some of us were a little less convinced by his performance than others. This week I was feeling that for a majority of the cast. So, yeah. We'll, we'll get the there. only one we'll I really there. enjoyed, really, I think, of that cast was uh, Tyler James Williams, actually. Uh, Chris, you know, when everybody hates Chris. but. Mm-hmm. I can sum it up in one thought. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I guess I'm the odd man out because I kind of liked this episode. Like, I didn't love it, but I kind of really enjoyed this one. So, but we'll get, we'll get into the reasons why we did or did not as we get into the episode. You played the sad trumpet again when you said that, which made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> now, a little bit of Inception. Wham! I was watching Inception before this pot, well, before earlier today. <laughs> Hmm. Nice. I need to rewatch that. That's a good I got, we got a little thing called Interstellar coming out this week, so I got to get ready, boys. Right. Yes, I'm so excited. But before we can be excited about Interstellar, we have to talk about The Walking Dead. Well, we get to talk about The Walking Dead. Let's, let's it not is our it privilege here. to talk about The Walking Dead. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to talk about episodes like this. Absolutely. So like we said, this was Slabtown, episode 504. Uh, this was directed by Michael E. Satrazimus. I hope I'm even close to pronouncing that correctly. And also in names I might pronounce... In, totally wrong. Uh, written by Matthew Negrete or Negrich, and uh, also Channing Powell. Oh, Tatum. And Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we also had a bunch of guest actors, so let's go ahead and list those off. We had Christine Woods as Officer Dawn Lerner, uh, Tyler Jason Williams, like Jim already said, Chris from Everybody Hates Chris. He's also currently in the film uh, Dear White People, which I uh, really enjoyed, actually. Too. Keisha Castle Hughes as Joan. The Whale Rider. <laughs> the Whale Rider, yes. Uh, Colin Moss as Officer Gorman, and Eric Jensen as Dr. Stephen Edwards. And a few others, but uh, they, they don't get listed on Wikipedia's page, so sorry. You mentioned the uh, director, uh, Michael E. Stras- <laughs> Satrazimas. Uh, he directed The Grove as well. Oh, did he? Okay. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So obviously this was the script, not the direction. <laughs> I thought it was well directed. I, yeah, mean, I would, I would, I would, really I would say it's well with the writing. Direct, like there's like when they go outside and it's very saturated. That look of the show, I really enjoyed that. Actually. Especially so. the the audio work in that. For I sure. thought it was quite right. good. Yeah. And, and even I, like showing things like elevator shafts and just depiction of like an other world type situation. I thought there's a lot of good cinematography at play and good like handling of showing us this stuff. There's just other elements that got in the way. I didn't, I didn't think it was you know, like, like you say, Aaron, I didn't think it was badly directed and didn't, didn't think it was, you know, particularly badly written. I mean, considering some of the other you know episodes that we've had with some, you know, really clunky dialogue or whatever, but uh, I just, it just didn't click with me. This, you know, they were you know, this whole new cast of characters in this hospital. Just, you know, I, I was waiting for some sort of hook for me to care about any of them. And I really just didn't, you know, I, I generally was just underwhelmed, and I think that it wasn't so much the story, the episode itself, because there wasn't anything that was just terrible. It just was paced and drugged out over a whole episode. I think had they condensed it some, intercut it maybe with some sequence out there with Carol and Daryl or something like that, or who knows what else, uh, just to mix it up a little bit. But, I mean, I found myself extremely bored through this episode, even though, like you said, Jordan, there's some, there's some really cool things in it. It's just, I mean, how many times am I going to have to watch her just... 
traipsing down the hallway of this hospital, you know, like like something out of Scooby-Doo. It's like, come on, you know, get to the point. Let's see what's going on. And the other thing that really bothered me, and I know this is a, a zombie apocalypse and, and all that stuff, but, um, yeah, there's going to be sexual assault that happens in um, of an apocalyptic-type situation. Or even just a normal world, unfortunately. Well, yeah. But, I mean, they telegraphed it so, so much from the minute we met Gorman on. And I understand that that was the point was, you know, he's he's going to get what he wants from Beth. But I don't know. I was very glad to see what happened to him happen because that made it satisfying. But overall, I just I, I really I really felt that a lot of this episode was just unnecessary. And I might be proven wrong down the road. This could be setting seed, you know, planting seeds for all kinds of cool stuff later in the season. I don't know. I just I, I after the the episodes we've had so far this season, I feel like we just hit a huge break and just slammed to a halt. That's the kind of unfortunate thing when it comes to, you know, doing an episodic podcast recap of television series like this. Obviously, most of us are not as satisfied by this episode, but yeah, it could be planting seeds and it could lead to something awesome down the line. It is just, we still had to kind of, quote unquote, suffer through an episode like this to get to that point. But, you know, I I do have faith that, well, you know, obviously something cool or great or wonderfully well-developed based on having an episode like this will happen. It's just, at this current time, this is my reaction to it. Uh, last thing I want to say real quick before we get to like you know into the episode, and I want to credit uh, Robert Nigro on the Facebook page, but he suggested that it, maybe this could have played better as a webisode series like these this episode if it was like divided, and I don't think that be would have been a bad idea. Like that, if we like over, I agree if, like, with over, that. If like over the summer we had little hints of what Beth was going through based off like ten minute webisodes of this episode coming out at a time, that would have been an interesting approach. Again, that you know maybe down the line another episode comes along that really makes this episode more relevant or more necessary, but. As it stands right now, that's kind of the mind frame I'm in. Right, so the episode starts with a uh, short, but I thought effective homage to the pilot, like we've already mentioned and I mentioned last week, um, where Beth wakes up in a hospital. Uh, she looks out the window and sees Atlanta. We return to Atlanta for the first time in a while, and we get to see it completely bombed out. Um, and she gets out of bed. She she looks over to the door, and I, I kind of wish they had a shot of her trying to open the door, but they didn't. Regardless, she starts banging on it and yelling. Uh, in comes Officer Dawn and Dr. Steve, and they come in and explain that uh, officers found Beth unconscious on the side of the road, sur- surrounded by walkers, or as they call them, rotters, and they saved her life. And uh, it's quickly explained that basically... This hospital kind of operates under indentured servitude, but they don't call it that. Basically, they saved you. You now owe them. Once you've paid off your debt, you can leave. But every time you do anything so much as eat, you are accruing more debt. And so you pretty much never get to leave. So they're pretty much just shanghaiing whoever they can find off the street and enlisting them in their little you know, hospital situation. Right. With the intent of saving as many people as possible and hopefully being saved one day and restarting the world, but still, it's not pleasant. Um, And Beth is told she's going to be working basically as a nurse for Dr. Edwards, and uh, that's that's what she does. And so with with that, like right there, that's interesting. I can see that working for like I get I get what the hospital's going for as we move on. I guess we'll kind of get to where it starts to fall apart for me. But I but, you know. As an initial premise, I'm fine with that. Like, you know, all right, there's a hospital out here, and it makes sense. You kind of work a debt. And it, it may be a bit telling that 
the hospitals, you know, pretty much seems evil right from the start, which is something I guess you kind of come to expect when it comes to The Walking Dead, that no place is safe, which I think was one of their mottos for a season. But, uh, you know, from off the bat, yeah, okay, Beth's in a hospital. People have to work off what they owe. Got it. So soon after this starts, uh, a patient comes in, res- quote-unquote rescued by the uh, officers, and I believe they say he fell off a first-story building, he has internal bleeding, yeah. um, and this guy's name is Gavin, and Dr. Edwards pretty much immediately writes him off as a lost cause, but Dawn insists that he try to save him, and so we get a little bit of medical drama thrown in to The Walking Dead, uh, gory as you'd expect from The Walking Dead with him, uh, what do you even call that, where it's not intubating, but he, he basically punctures the guy's lung, which is full of blood, and it splurts out, and I thought that was kind of a cool effect the three kingsdom that's what i was calling <laughs> was the, did you guys see like a like it seemed like she was really adamant on getting this guy like healthy like did you see a reason why like okay i guess we find we, out later because he, we he's get a doctor we get it later yeah we, then, yeah but yeah I, I assume she point. knew him or it was her yeah. father or something like yeah. that but it just like it didn't seem like it, I, I don't like it's not like a you know, throwing this against the episode. I was looking, it's like, what's going on here? Like, why is she so intent on getting this guy? And, and I guess later on before the reveal, I kind of wrote it off as just part of her OCD and general yeah. controlling nature. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, right off the bat, I was like, so clearly there's something up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figured he was important, like, you know, family member or somebody that has access to things that they need or something. So later on, we meet Joan, who is brought in for medical attention. She was another, quote unquote, nurse or person at the hospital who uh, was trying to escape and she was bitten while doing so. Um, And so despite Joan's pleas to be allowed to die, uh, Dawn orders Dr. Edwards to amputate Joan's arm to uh, prevent the infection from spreading. And they do this with a... It reminded me of the uh, the first episode of the season, actually, where Rick uses his uh, zipper to saw off uh, part of the wood to make the shiv. But they they saw her arm off with uh, basically the chain of a chainsaw, but the medical version of that. I'm sure there's a name for it and any nurses or doctors are yelling at their iPods right now, but I don't know it. But it was cool. This stuff, this was rough. <laughs> like, I don't know why. But oh, yeah, I rough, like certainly. A, but, I, but, I, but, like, opposed to, like, seeing Rick cut off Herschel's leg, for whatever reason, seeing, like, a, like what was essentially an actual medical procedure just, you know, handled in the most cinematic and gross way possible, it just, it like, it actually felt painful. It was, like, and and watching... honestly, you don't even see it. Yeah, don't you don't, really. It's yeah, all off-camera. Because they're not going to show something like that, necessarily, because it's too real, I guess, as opposed to zombie violence or whatever you well, want to Well, there was it, a, click, yeah, a point. quick flash of it, you know. It was I'll... certainly edited around. It was, instead yeah. of showing it straight, they did edit around Because I was kind of surprised, even for AMC, that they showed as much as they did with it being a, you know an actual human and not a zombie. And there was the sounds. There. It just it felt like I was watching Takashi Miike's edition. Which, <laughs> yeah. If you guys have seen that movie, you know what I'm referring yeah. to. <laughs> and don't they kind of mute out the sound there as well, like they do later in the episode for a moment? It's low. Yeah, you're not hearing like a, like a crunch. That's a, I, I nailed that one. But you're not hearing that necessarily. One of those whooshing <laughs> crunch noises. Yeah, but you're, you're certainly... You're, you're, it feels, it's very visceral, I guess. It's very hyper-real. Like you feel like it certainly puts you in the moment. Uh, so later on, Beth meets another worker at the hospital, uh, Noah, and he's kind of in charge of uniforms and cleaning them, washing them, pressing them. Because again, uh, Dawn, who's in charge, is very OCD about this kind of stuff. And he warns her that Dawn and the officers are more sinister than they seem. And we've already gotten a hint by, at this point. They're pretty sinister. Officer Gorman has been, let's say, hitting on her, but in the creepiest, most awful way possible. And um, he, he confides that he plans on escaping the hospital when the time is right and return to his group in Richmond. Um, and he, is this where he tells her about his father? Or is that later on in the episode? 
No, it goes right away. I have my notes. Um, Noah, N- Noah seems to deliver dialogue awful quickly. That's what I, <laughs> I wrote down in my notes. Uh, he's just happy to see a pretty girl. He just sees a nice girl him. and he's like, you know what? I'm going to tell her my life story right now. But so basically him and his father were both – uh, quote unquote rescued but they only decided to rescue him they said they can only uh, bring in one right now and he's pretty much decided that they could have saved both but it was more that his father was a big guy who would have fought back and uh, since Noah at least appeared weaker they decided to take him instead and he, he decided he's decided that there was more sinister motives behind their choice whether that's true or not we don't know for sure but there's probably a pretty good chance that he's right on the money seems pretty plausible considering the situation they're in absolutely at the same time, though, it seems less, I guess, evil than something like the governor, like shooting up a army helicopter full of people or whatever and taking their supplies. It seems like they're going for greater good type purposes as opposed to doing one thing that they didn't necessarily have to in order to secure power, if that makes right. any sense. Yeah. Um, still, Grady Hospital, pretty shady Grady, as I'm calling it. It's, uh, it's pretty... Uh, <laughs> Pretty shady. And this was uh, filmed in a real uh, decommissioned hospital in Noonan, Georgia. Or, uh, yeah, Noonan, Georgia, where I have family living. So I wonder if they've ever been to that hospital for any reason. Oh, well, I'm sure. Do, shady you, are, are your family <laughs> the kind of people hang out in abandoned hospitals? Well, <laughs> like they've been grade. there. They've been in that area for over a decade. So it's quite possible that it wasn't decommissioned at the time. I don't know. But, Jordan, that hospital's been demolished for 10 years. Dun, dun, dun. And the call is coming shady from grade. inside the house. <laughs> So later on, uh, Beth is checking up on Joan, and Joan warns her that Dawn cannot control her officers and keeps their loyalty and morale high by basically allowing them to have their way with the patients, and she implies that she has been raped by, I believe it's specifically Officer Gorman, but possibly others as well. And this seems, even though we only really meet Officer Gorman and the officers, it's pretty heavily implied that they're kind of all like this, uh, but we don't really see it. I'm kind of wondering, you know, obviously she's a real cop. We've seen the picture from before the apocalypse of her as a cop, but I'm wondering how many of those others were actual cops or people that she just recruited in and um, gave uniforms to, or if they were all actual cops. I don't know. No, I, I just, I think it's more the the former uh, jobs. I think it's definitely more of like people that seem to operate well in this kind of position. So that's why they're placed there as opposed to them being formerly of that, you know, type of standpoint. And likely people who followed orders well yeah. while still being physically imposing. With the, Now, with that said, my issue with this kind of, this portion of the episode is that I really didn't get the implication that anyone, that any of the other officers were as evil as Gorman obviously was. And, I mean, that may have been the case, but I feel like the episode failed in communicating that to me, which is why my impression was basically that Gorman seems to be the center of every problem in this hospital, and if we got rid of Gorman, everything might be better. I didn't get these. I didn't get the sense that all the cop, all the officers were all evil, regardless of how many. And we had a lot of monologues. I, mean, I was just getting like wound up by having so many monologues. I was trying to keep information straight, but I just didn't get that impression. That's. I mean, I I definitely did get the impression, but we definitely only see him doing it. But then, do we really see any of the officers besides him and Dawn, except in no, the background? We don't. That's that's part of why it kind of fails for me. It's like, all right, like. And I, I wonder it, if in coming weeks we'll see more of them. Now that well, by spoilers, but sorry, Jerry, by the end of the episode, <laughs> um, Gorman's dead, and we'll. I think we do see another officer uh, subdue Beth, so they're still around. We'll probably meet one or two of them in future episodes. 
Well, I'm I don't want one... to say I hope so, but I'll certainly look forward to them, you know, writing the wrong that I have of the impression of the hospital that I'm taking away. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering if um, this was our trade-off for the awesome uh, crap that we got going on in the first couple of episodes, because... This seemed very, even though it's not a set we've seen before, it was very bottled. It was all that hallway, you know, a few other little scenes here and there that, you know, the grate down in the basement, which wasn't exactly a massive set to build or anything. It was like a haunted house at Universal or something. You know, I mean, I just, I'm wondering if, you know, this, this, this low amount of action and, and lack of multiple settings um, was our, you know our payment for having as much as we did in the first couple of episodes yeah, or, or a trade off for having so many different guest cast members. They can only afford so much for one episode. That's quite possible yeah. as well. But I, I think we got more locations than you're really uh, you know, alluding to. We got, we've got two different offices. We've got the, the boiler room. We've got the basement. We've got the roof. We've got the elevator shaft. We've got uh, the hospital rooms. We've got the uh, the orderly room. We've got the cafeteria. I mean, I mean yes, I, I, it all looks said, very the, similar, but we do but get But it's a bunch all of this things. abandoned hospital, so oh, I'm sure, sure, sure that absolutely. it was, you know, they paid a fee to have that for, like, so many days to shoot in, and they just shot where they could. I mean, I don't know. I just, again, very underwhelmed by the episode. I mean, I would, I, I would say I wasn't... I wasn't visually underwhelmed by the location use. I wouldn't put it that way necessarily. I would just say that the, the kind of you know the extras or whatever you want to call them, only communicated that we get to know that there are people there, but not necessarily who these people are. With the exception of obviously the the main guest players in this episode, and that's where I feel there was a kind of a failing in the episode in terms of communicating certain aspects to me. I definitely think it would have been better if we had seen more, just even faceless extras in the background doing their thing. Because how do, just because to show us the scale. How do they get out to go collect people? I mean, if I they're guess all they have like a front door. The... <laughs> well, but I mean, it's... they've made it pretty clear that they're stuck up on this floor. I mean, yeah, that I was my I was watching with two friends last night, and someone did ask, like, so how do they get out when they want to rescue people? That was kind of a question we asked. Is like, yeah, I'm I'm going to assume that that was not the only elevator bank uh, because I've been in a hospital before. Not, yeah, thankfully not for my own treatment. But well, yeah, um, and I so get I'm going that, to but I'm just that saying that was the back way out. I'm basically. just saying that if they were going to do an escape, and Noah's kind of knowing, you know, what the lay of the land is because he's been there a while, wouldn't it had been a better plan to follow them to find out, you know, hey, where is this other way? How are they getting out to go get people? Maybe I do would a just little a, bit of research. I don't know. It's just I would, me. I would just assume that it's like a, you know, a, a very guarded area that they can't just like. Yeah, I was in, in, the, out. in the same realm. Like there's another bank of elevators, but it's right where everybody can see it. I don't or know. Going up against them versus stage diving into a pile of zombies and corpses. I, I don't know. <laughs> the I, plan wasn't to dive. <laughs> That's just how it ended up working. The, out. the plan. The plan worked. That's the thing to keep track of. <laughs> so, uh, again, we see another instance of Officer Gorman begin to sexually harass Beth, this time with a lollipop. There's a whole there's a whole thing about um, Noah is giving her this candy to kind of, like, make her feel at home and, and give her at least a silver lining to this awful cloud. And Gorman finds one, and it's very, very creepy what he does. But Dr. Edwards steps in and, and stops him. We get these different scenes of these characters where they try to kind of, like you know, sketch out the character and, and flesh him out a little bit and make us care about them. But like, you know, the guinea pig scene early on with the doctor and Beth, uh, the scene where Dawn, you know, tells Beth to sit right next to her, you know, and on that tiny little bench 
<laughs> intimidatingly and you know and you know and, you know she kind of gives her her true believer speech you know we 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 get noah you know giving his kind of backstory you know everybody's kind of walking you know and then we have gorman oh i'm obviously the villain who something bad will happen to very soon because i am so evil sorry jerry uh <laughs> it's just yeah no in my notes jim i have i have don monologue noah monologue exactly Mon- i have it like written four times in a row well you know <laughs> you're uh, as usual your erudition is beyond mind uh you put it very well it just seemed like everybody was just kind of monologuing i am this person and it just I, I didn't care it didn't seem like there was any interaction between them to compel me to to follow along you know i just kind of like okay i understand this character type that you are okay okay but why do i care and i didn't and that's why this you know this episode kind of left me cold it's kind of because we know that we're not good. It's not, you know, suddenly like Beth town and we're going to follow them every week. It's we're going to get right back to Rick and the gang the next week. And um, it's like, how much mm-hmm. do I really need to care about all these different characters right. that are so broadly sketched yet are giving so many monologues to make sure that we know how broad they are. As far as like the kind of character who kind of, you know, believes in the, believes in what they're doing and is kind of doesn't see themselves in the villain. We got that with the whole season of the governor before he went wackadoo. So, you know, it's like, it's not a new character type that we're seeing here in Dawn, you know, in, in charge of all these things. And it just didn't, you know, nothing said anything apart to me. They didn't seem like characters interacting. They just seemed like characters monologuing, like Aaron said. And it just, you know, this, there was a lot in, in this episode that didn't work for me. Well, and I, I think that they they really missed their opportunity here uh, as for the show. Um, I mean, Beth has been little more than a backdrop plot you know barely a plot device at all she hasn't really added much to the the group other than singing um you know her own sister doesn't seem to miss her exactly and you know there was the episode with her and daryl where it wasn't great but at least it added a little bit of layer to her character and gave me a little bit of interest in what her character is about and what what she could become and this was their perfect opportunity to really showcase. And I, I, I don't blame Emily Kinney. And I mean, there's a, there are some scenes in this episode where it's like, wow, that was very, very blandly delivered. And then there were other scenes where I thought she delivered her performance very well. Uh, but this was the opportunity. This was where they needed to showcase Beth stepping up. And, I, you know, we kind of get it a little bit towards the end when she's in the parking lot, you know, and, 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 and going all badass and everything. But even then, I was having a hard time buying it, especially I've met this girl, okay? There is no way, I don't care how, how much force she puts behind it, she can't weigh more than a buck ten, if that. And she just, I know zombies are, you know, deteriorated, but she smashes with one foot that zombie's head. And I just have a hard time buying that. But that aside, I just, this was the chance to make us really like this character. And it didn't make me hate the character, but it didn't really give me anything else to make me care for the character at all. And that that's what was mostly disappointing, because I really wanted to see, you know, what what kind of... What what kind of um, reaction she has when she's uh, up the creek without the paddle and she's all alone, and they just missed out. I guess a way to I mean it's she's supposed to obviously be like an audience cipher because you're entering this new world that you don't know until you're introduced to these different characters or whatnot, and yeah, it can be hard to kind of I guess attach yourself with a character like Beth sometimes because you know yeah we have we only have so much to go on. 
And for myself personally, yeah, I just I don't find Beth that interesting. So it's hard for me to kind of get on board with, you know, being in this quote unquote, twi- you know, Twilight Zone world within The Walking Dead of like, oh, everything's different because we're not with Rick and the gang. And so that along with the other you know things that I've pointed out, just make for an episode that's less compelling than others. Like if it was. I don't know, Rick or Carol or, you know, those heavy hitters, even Carl. Like, if it was Carl caught in this hospital, I'd probably be more intrigued by what was going on around him. But right. adding Beth to this scenario, it just, I don't know, it just didn't work as well as I think the writers wanted it to. To get back to the monologuing issue for a second, um, I, I, why I totally get what you're going for, and this is probably me giving the writers too much credit, but I thought in addition to being, of course, expository, which was important, I thought the effect of having the characters only talk to her and monologue at her was effective in showing how alone she was. She was not treated like a human being on any level, for the most part. You know, you had a couple bright spots. But having them talk to her instead of with her, I thought was effective in at least showing how alone she was. That's a fair way to put it, and that does make it seem – and how I just kind of phrase Beth as this audience audience surrogate. I mean, it's it's as if you're playing, like – like a role-playing game and you're like the character and you walk over to this person and you press a to get them to talk and so they do and they give their little thought bubble and then you move to the next character and they give their little thought bubble like it's that's the kind so it's a little video gamey in that sense but yeah i certainly i see where that you know thematically yeah i understand where that's coming from and i can see that actually too. if anything the main problem was just that it took too long for them to have her role initiative yeah and it's i've said this before we've all said this before on the what you know in this podcast but it's not the show where I need like super awesome action zombie related sequences every week, but there was a po- there's a few points in this episode where I'm just like, when does Daryl just gonna burst in and start capping fools with his crossbow so we can get the hell out of here? Because it just I just wasn't compelled by what was happening. So after the whole uh, second main uh, Beth Gorman uh, interaction, when Doctor Edwards saves her, Beth asks Doctor Edwards why he stayed at the hospital. Doctor Edwards is kind of at this point shown to be at least a, a semi friend to her, although I didn't trust him from the beginning. He just seemed too nice, if you will. Um, but he says he stays at the hospital because in the aftermath of the bombing of Atlanta, the officers and the surviving staff took shelter in the hospital until they ran out of supplies and were forced to scavenge. And eventually they made a deal to take in and heal the injured in return for their labor. And no matter how bad the conditions in the hospital get or have gotten, it, it's a better alternative to the outside, at least for him. I do like this character, by the way, like as much as I've complained about the other characters, I do like the Dr. Edwards character, mainly because you, as Jordan, you've said, you know not to trust him, but the way he delivers his lines and the way they kind of set up his character, it, it takes some talent to make a character who still seems likable even after you realize that he is, he has, you know, made a betrayal of some sort. Oh yeah, honestly, I expected him to be way worse than he ended up being. Yeah. <laughs> like I was is... expecting something super dark to happen with him and not really. He's just a coward. Yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah, he's another version of basically if you're not a super aggressive jerk in the Walking Dead universe, you're or you're not, you know, this middle ground that most of Rick's group occupies, then you're a coward. Essentially, that's mm-hmm. kind of the there's like three character types in this world. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, what's his name? Eric Jensen did a fine job as this doctor character. He was given along with Noah and even Noah's kind of thin. It's just more of what he does in the episode that's more compelling than other things. But Dr. Edwards certainly had the most complexity, I guess, of these new characters introduced. So Dr. Edwards tells Beth to give Gavin, the patient from earlier, a dose of clozapine, uh, and this ends up giving him a seizure which kills him. Um, This is right after, or right before, I guess, uh, Noah walks in, and so when Dawn comes in, she sees both of them there. Uh, Noah takes the blame for the death, and he gets beaten. Um, 
and Dr. Edwards tells Beth that, oh, I didn't tell you to give him clozapine. I told you to give him clonazepam. But Beth uh, calls him on his nonsense, and she remembers exactly what he said. Uh, of course, he doesn't know that her dad was a veterinarian. Um, but, uh, no, he, he's sure that he told her the right thing, and she just misheard him. At least that's what we're told at the moment. Um, and, again, we get more talk about the greater good and, you know, all that. I definitely rewound on the DVR to make sure that I heard the same thing that Beth heard. And, yeah, he definitely said Clausepan and, and then changed up on her to mess with her. But at the same time, when you watch that seizing happening of that guy, did you think, like, he was going to explode? Because I thought he was going to explode. Uh, I did not think he was going to explode, like, but that would have there, like there was a good, like, couple seconds where, like, is something going to burst out of this guy right now? Like, Am I, I watching not... Scanners? <laughs> I, mean, I told you I was watching Alien movies, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, Dawn later tells Beth that she knew Noah was lying when he took the blame, but she had to make an example of him for the greater good. And I believe this is where I may have the scenes uh, conflated in my mind, but where Dawn grabs one of Beth's wrists. She's already slapped her a couple times and yeah. all this kind of stuff. But she points out uh, Beth's uh, scars on her wrist from when she tried to commit suicide way back in season two and basically says, you, you think I didn't notice this the moment you walked in? You're worthless, you're weak, etc. and so forth. It's Yeah, it's in that same area, yeah. The next day, Beth and Noah plan their escape uh, from the hospital, and they're going to go down the elevator shaft to the basement. Um, Beth has to go get a key from Dawn's office while Noah distracts her, or at least keeps tabs on her. And uh, so Beth goes in there, and she's looking through. She finds different things, just giving you a little bit more context on um, the plan, you know, showing you the picture of Dawn and the and her in the officer's uniform from before everything. And I believe it's the guy that. Um, that Dawn usurped, right? There, there was another guy who was leading things. Yeah, in his name was Hanson. Yeah, yeah, Hanson, and and Dawn eventually. Uh, did she kill him and take over? Or what What happened with him exactly? Uh, like, Do we know? Uh, Doctor Edwards was monologuing about this. He was saying it was he, it was him and Hanson that like first started this thing or whatever, and like, something happened where he like either got too like tyrannical or something, and then Dawn was like the second in command, and he died for I someone's going to email us and be like, guys, you, you totally messed this up. But like, it was, yeah, basically Hanson lost control and Don took over. I don't think it was a Don took power from him. I think it was more of he just wasn't in that position to lead anymore, whether it was because he got bitten, died, or something else. But yeah, And Don she became the over. regent. <laughs> yes, exactly. So while she's in there, uh, Beth finds Joan's body, and Joan has successfully committed suicide this time. Um, but before anything else can happen, Gorman comes in and uh, he basically says, I'll, I'll keep quiet about finding you in here when you weren't supposed to be, um, basically, if you let me sleep with you. Um, and so Beth thinks very quickly on her feet um, with Joan's body there and everything. She sees Joan's hand starting to twitch. And so she acts like she's going to go through with it. Um, and right when he's uh, right when he's moving in on her, she hits him in the head with a glass jar full of the lollipops from earlier um, and leaves him to be eaten by a reanimated Joan, which I thought was very smart of her, even if it was a bit telegraphed. And by yeah. a bit, I mean a lot. It was I mean, good, yeah, though. We... I thought this was a really good scene. He got his comeuppance. It's what you wanted to see happen. And it's what happened. Yeah, creepy and rapey. Good job. You're gone now. Get out of here. <laughs> um, I did. I did like. Uh, I like Joan's note on the floor. By the way, did you guys catch that too? No, I. I noticed in your review you brought it up, but I had not noticed it when I when she, I saw the episode. So she etched into the floor. F you. And but the but the way it positioned, there was like the scissors that she etched it in with, and some blood was was blurring the F, so it could get away with saying that without actually showing it. Very which clever. I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> I was like, good job, uh, guys, on the episode. Way to, way to make it work for the censors, but still get the message across. 
So she passes Dawn on the way out of the office, or not out on the way out of the office, but a little bit down the hallway. Um, I believe Dawn is looking for Officer Gorman, and she says, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw uh, Officer Gorman and Joan go into your office. Um, I think they were waiting for you, um, which was, again, I thought very smart of her. Mm-hmm. And then she joins uh, Noah back by the back elevator shaft, where Noah has made a, uh, a rope of sorts out of, I guess they were towels or robes or some, some type of cloth, but it seemed pretty thick and strong. Um, and he it lowers... was uh, it was uh, it was Don's used underwear. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder she's so unhappy. That looked right. rough. <laughs> um, and Be- uh, I guess we didn't even mention this, but Beth has a broken arm, and she's had one since the beginning of the episode. I don't, she didn't have that at the end of last season, right? So this she is had, she had like a broken wrist or whatever, yeah, like a sprained wrist. That's why she's wearing like a little cast. And yeah, so so, but she's had this cast on the, the entire episode, so she can't climb down the rope. So Noah ties it around her waist and lowers her down. There's some moments of oh, she's gonna fall, but she doesn't completely fall, and she gets down there, and then Noah begins climbing down, but a walker reaches in from one of the other floors and uh, almost grabs him, and he ends up falling, and I believe breaking his leg. It's not said for sure, but he's definitely injured and limping. Yeah, he probably does something. I don't think he, he, he wouldn't have been able to get out of it if he broke his leg completely, but, I mean, that was a rough fall. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Well, Onto well, a pile of dead bodies. Yeah, well, well, yeah, good cushion, you know. Um, yeah. What well, was funny like was um, I, he was he was scrambling down that elevator shaft, and I was like, dude, make more noise. And the second I said that, Walker just reached out and grabbed it. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They make their way out of the elevator shaft into the, I believe it was called the boiler room, and it's very dark. I liked how the scene was shot, and, and pretty much everything from here to the end, I really like how it was shot, and uh, especially the sound editing. But they, the boiler room is pretty much completely dark, but there's definitely zombies in it, and, all, and Beth has Officer Corman's gun, which he, again, very smartly stole off his body um, as he was being eaten by Joan. Um, and so you have this mostly pitch black scene with flashes of light from the gun as the zombies get taken out by Beth. Um, they make their way into the parking lot, which has the um, various cars with the white cross in the back window, definitely telling us for 100% sure there wasn't anything in between Beth seeing that car and her being picked up by the officers. These are definitely the same people. Um, and oddly enough, I thought this was strange. There's walkers all over that parking lot. So do they have to clear it out every time they get to the cars? That's a, a random question, but yeah, that's another one I was aware. Is like, so where are the like, what's the separation here? There's always walkers around, and they just get like, I, yeah, I was kind of confused by the whole fencing off. Well, they had, yeah, yeah, and going back to the boiler room now, either either Beth has some really incredibly awesome eyesight, or she has picked up blind fighting very well and able to, I mean. Headshot well, she after grew headshot up on a farm, so in lots the dark. Of uh, okay, that that yeah, <laughs> I didn't think about that. But um, and then you, like you said, the zombies in the parking lot. But this was the point where I thought we were getting Daryl to come save the day, because she takes a couple more shots, and then all of a sudden there are shots coming from somewhere else. And it, I don't know, I just I that one that was right by her. I, I thought the same thing. I thought that yeah. that was a bolt that went through its head completely a through and through and i was like yes it's daryl and then all of a sudden there's more cops and i'm like well where, where in the heck did they come from were they hanging out the with the zombies stuff, coffee break you know i mean what, what i i just i don't know I, I based on the end of the episode i would not be 100 percent surprised if we do find out that that was a bolt and that you know, carol and daryl are just biding their time and waiting to fully understand the situation Maybe I don't know because I mean it definitely I I don't know why it's not like maybe it was subliminal I don't know but I just I 
it seemed to me like a bolt went through that zombie's head. But regardless, they're making their way through the parking lot, killing zombies as they go, when they start to be surrounded and some other shots come out of the blue and kill some of the zombies. Noah makes his escape, but Beth is tackled by or knocked down by one of the uh, officers, and she is taken back into custody, but she gets to see Noah escape, and she smiles that at least he made it out. I do like when The uh, the Walking Dead decides to give us a little optimism, because that seems so rare. Uh, even last week when we got rid of the hunters, it's like, well, that was <laughs> that was violent. <laughs> it, it was like, oh, okay, well, that 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 was nice. But yeah, I guess Beth, because I, I do because I I do like the way the scene was shot and how like Jordan, you mentioned the audio, how that factored in. Like, I just I liked that so much that it was hard for me to find fault with how it played out. But at the same time, it's like, how did like dude with the broken leg get away? And like somehow Beth got caught up in everything. Like these walkers aren't fast. They're they're young and capable. Well, she only had a few bullets, so I think it was more. Well, more dude that, had no but... Noah had no gun, and he got away. <laughs> like... Well, she was surrounded. Well, he wasn't making as much noise. She had her. <laughs> that's, he had... that's actually a good point. She had her boomstick. <laughs> so Dawn confronts Beth about the deaths of Joan and Gorman, and Beth tells Dawn that the two deaths were the result of the hospital's corrupt regime, and that no one is coming to rescue them. Your whole plan of just waiting here until you know the cavalry comes in is nonsense, and you're wasting your time. Basically, and Dawn again uh, hits base Beth in the face. And later, while Dr. Edwards treats her injuries, Beth reveals that she discovered that Gavin was a doctor. I believe she found this in uh, Dawn's office. Yes, he did, yeah. And Dr. Edwards admits that he knew Gavin, and he arranged his death in an attempt to ensure his own survival at the hospital. Because if they find another doctor, they don't like putting up with Dr. Edwards, and they would kick him out. Um, and so Beth later obtains a pair of scissors, and she's walking towards Dr. Edwards and Dawn and the others, and with a cold look in her eye, when she sees them wheeling in another patient, and we look down and see it is an unconscious, or at least appears to be, unconscious Carol being carted into the hospital, and that is how we end the episode. Carol's gonna pop up, whip a rifle out from under her poncho, and just take them all down. (laughs) Surprise! I got one more firework for you! (laughs) If, uh... If Beth went through with killing Dr. Edwards, that would have made me love her character so much. I was so I agree. I I was sitting there like, yeah, get him. That was like my reaction is like, that'll make her, that'll like redeem so much. But but, I mean, good ending. Yeah. Okay. Carol comes in twist, but still that would have made me so like such a, like a a champ for Beth at that point. And and so based on that ending, I'm thinking, I mean, I think probably most of our thinking that this is not an accident. This is probably planned. And Daryl is probably waiting outside, and and Beth is or uh, Carol is full of explosives or something, and will help save the day. I hope so. I'm really, I, I, I what's what threw me off because I hate doing this too. But I'd probably be more disappointed if I didn't know this. But I don't like watching the you know next time on, and I'm not going to reveal what it was. But at the same time, seeing the next time on, which was basically happened through no fault of my own, but just because I didn't stop it with my other friends, we were just doing that. Regardless, I saw the next time on part, and I was like, well. What are we? How? Wh- what's the time frame of happening of all this? Because it, it doesn't seem like we're going to necessarily get the resolve that we want next week based on what I saw, unless we're making a lot of non-linear choices in this season of The Walking Dead. Uh, it's certainly possible, but I, without spoilers, because I think you were very, very vague, which was good. Yes. Um, I think even if we don't get our answers next week, um, I th- don't think we'll go back to. Rick's group before we get our answers here, just based on how last week's episode ended with Daryl coming out of the woods. I think Rick's group is caught up, 
and it's the other two groups, Beth and, and Abraham's group, that we need to catch up with. So well, yeah, I'm thinking. I don't Noah, think we'll have to wait too long. I'm thinking Noah is the one with Daryl, and um, they're coming back to get Rick and gang to go back up Carol. So, because from the looks of next week, like you said, it looks like we're in a totally different direction for that episode. I yeah, I basically agree with you, Chubbs. I do think it's more than likely Noah, and yeah, there probably is some kind of recruiting action. But at the same time, it's like, oh, we got to deal more with this hospital again. <laughs> it's like kind of my thing, and it's yeah. So, all right. but hopefully next time we get to see them all get their comeuppance. Yes. Well, you know, Aww. I do have to say that. Um, I wonder if, do you think Dawn is redeemable? <sighs> redeemable possibly, but not in a way that would allow her to be integrated into the group. Yeah, no, I don't see that happening. But at the same time, I don't just, I don't see, as much as I don't care for the Dawn character, let alone most of the other, we didn't really get many others, but I don't really see her as evil. I just see her more as kind of stepping aside to let evil think, so making that out, I think it sound really evil, actually. But I, I don't really... I don't see her as, you know, governor bad. I just see her as kind of like not the not the preferred person I'd want to be with in the Walking Dead universe. Well, I'm just I'm trying to I'm hoping that there's some plot overall over this whole story arc, some plot device that this is doing to bring the group back to Atlanta for some reason. Or there's there's something I thought, well, maybe it's going to be her. She's going to be somebody that's redeemed and can help or Something like that. I don't know. Otherwise, this entire 12 years of nurse storyline was really, really boring. Fair. I mean, I'm certainly curious where it goes from here. I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. So before we get into our ratings of the episode and what our listeners thought of the episode, Richard, why don't you tell us about our wonderful sponsor? All right. Well, our sponsor is Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService.com. Right down to the point saves you money. I mean, you can get 30-40% off of different products. You want statues, you want toys, you want action figures, you want trade paperbacks, you want trinkets, you want posters, but most importantly, you want comics. You can get them here and you can get them at a good price. You're able to order ahead of time based off of the previews catalog and uh, you know, get them delivered right to your door. No having to go down to a comic book store, no having to pay a retail price, cover price, any of that. Simply order from DCBService.com. Yeah, they, they really are wonderful. Great prices, great selection, and uh, comics are expensive, so check them out. And we thank them for sponsoring the show. So, gentlemen, let's give our Buster ratings for this week's episode. Of course, listeners know uh, one Buster is bad, five Busters is the best. So on a scale of one to five Busters, what would you rate this episode, Aaron? I'm at a 2.5 Busters on this one, mainly because I just don't see myself like going back to this episode to be like, I should revisit that one. That just It just doesn't seem... Like, the kind of episode I want to really revisit again. And I honestly haven't revisited some of these episodes in a long time, like season one, for example. But, um, let alone those Governor episodes, which I still find to be worse than this one. But, uh, yeah, I, I've addressed all my problems already. I just I wasn't very compelled by the storyline, by Beth, by most of these new characters introduced. Um, there was some good direction in this episode visually and, uh, you know, from a creative standpoint of showing us a new kind of world that we haven't been in yet. Uh, but still, I wasn't. I was caught off guard by how much of a backward step this episode felt compared to the previous exciting episodes that were full of things that I appreciated more about the series. So yeah, two point five busters. I uh, I'm gonna have to echo his sentiment. Two point five on this. It just it wasn't. It was just kind of underwhelming overall. 
a lot of things didn't work for me in this episode. Uh, I just didn't, wasn't feeling it. Didn't really care. <laughs> it's kind of, uh, and again, you know, we've had such, uh, you know, every episode doesn't have to be, you know, as, as pulse pounding and action filled as the past few that we've had, you know, to open up this season. I, I totally appreciate that. I totally appreciate, you know, the more character driven episodes and, uh, and things like that. But this was just not it. It just was very dull, I thought. And, and I almost, uh, almost tedious in some points. And I just did not care about, uh, the situation of these characters in the least. So 2.5 for me as well. Meh in one word. Richard? <laughs> and how many out of five is that? That is also a 2.5 is, is what I came up with. I really wanted to give it a two because I honestly, I was like, God, what are we, 10 minutes into this episode? I look at the time, I'm 45 minutes in. Um, to be that bored watching The Walking Dead is something I never expected. Um, so I was going to give it a two, but the last sequence, the entire thing from the elevator shaft on out, uh, bumped it up to a 2.5 for me. I'm going to go a bit higher. I'm going to give this a 3.5. I didn't think the episode was amazing, uh, but I certainly didn't think it was bad. I enjoy a good heist. I, I enjoy these kind of separate looks at different areas of the universe of The Walking Dead. And while, yes, it, it definitely wasn't a perfect episode, and it definitely had its missteps here and there, um, I definitely enjoyed it more than you guys did. So a 3.5 from me. Jim, what did our listeners think of this week's episode? Well, uh, if you would like to join our Facebook group, from which I'm about to read all these wonderful comments, it's the Walking Dead TV Podcast Facebook group on the Facebook. It's very popular with the young people. We're over 600 members strong now. We just had four new this week, which is really great. And uh, we ask everyone to comment and give us their Buster ratings, and we got a lot of really good responses this week. Uh, Susan Monk, uh, three slaps to the face. Beth was not as annoying as usual. And now she really has to prove herself and save badass Carol who saved the rest of the group in episode one. Uh, I don't hate... I hope they run to Tyler James Williams again. I don't hate him. Get it? Everyone hates Chris. Uh, Belinda Clark Ake. It would be <laughs> yeah. great if Noah came back to break them out. Three out of five perverted, weird-ass leaders. I was frustrated with this one. So much confusion for me. Uh, Everard Santa Marina gave us... Uh, I'm going to give this a four. Oh, hell no. I'm not going down that elevator shaft out of five. Um, yeah, that's probably the, the worst decision since, like, uh, Glenn going down the well. Um, not the best episode of the season, but I thought it did pretty well. Uh, and more world-building and shedding new light on how some semblance of order is still quite corrupt. Uh, I liked Beth in this episode, frankly. Pacing and plot discovery were not the best. Uh, Donnie Salvo, my compatriot from the Nothing's On podcast on the Taylor Network of Podcasts. Uh, I didn't really dig this one. I gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Everybody hates Chris's. Uh, Mike Jones, 2.5. Beth, I hear your callings. Uh, complete mediocrity. Beth could have used that gun to shoot her captors on the way out. That is a good point. Uh, Noel was a solid new addition, but dreadful supporting cast in this one. Uh, Trishel Cheryl Collins, 3.5 green lollipops for the episode. It was great to see new real people, in quotes, uh, in the story, but I spent half the show getting used to seeing clean spaces thanks to Dawn the Woman or the detergent <laughs> after the dirt and Rick Grimes we are used to. See what she did there? Um, Dar Darian Owings says, I think Carol is faking to get inside, and that's something we uh, we, we also brought up in our discussion. I'm giving it a, uh, Elisa Gonzalez, I'm giving it a four Walker Dumbwaiters out of five. Beth has redeemed herself. Everyone in the hospital was setting my nerves on end, and I'm liking this storyline. 
Uh, Monica Smith on Anacito. Uh, not my favorite episode. I give it a three. Has Shane come back as a woman? Hmm. Do not like this Dawn at all. Another warp leader. And folks think Rick is crazy. Think again. I hope t- Carol takes care of some business. <laughs> uh, David. A Dawnocracy, some would say. A Dawnocracy. <laughs> Um, David J. Gehrig, a 3.5, good connecting episode, furthering the season's arc. Uh, Pamela Burton gave it a 4. I really like the episode and feel like Beth is getting tougher and more capable, which I like. Uh, two rapey cops out of five from Brent Jones. <laughs> this episode bored me to death. <laughs> I like Beth being assertive. Looks like her time with Daryl paid off. Uh, Greg Dumond, a four, three pairs of scissors out of five. This one made a great AMC webisode, and that was the point that we brought up earlier, or, or an old-fashioned B story, but instead it just brought this perfectly paced and action-packed season to a screeching halt. Uh, here we go again. Gimple cannot help himself. Rick was out for half of last season's episode, and now we have an entire Beth episode. Next week appears to be a Eugene and the Short Bus Crew episode. Sorry, Jerry. Why? <laughs> <laughs> did he say sorry, Jerry, or did no, you say sorry, No, I said sorry, Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> I almost wish it was him, but it's still fun. No, it would have been better if it was him, though. You're right. Uh, Mary Turkpacky gives three out of five old school busters. I didn't love this episode, but I didn't hate it either. Good to see Beth developing as a character, even if she still sings. Really like Noah and hopefully he's seen again down the road. Not sure I believe Carol's arrival is set up for a rescue, but I'm looking forward to seeing where it all leads. Uh, Ro- I did like that uh, Beth did not uh, sing in this episode, by the way. She did hum, though. She did hum and a little, which is, so I almost sang. had to punch my TV. <laughs> Yeah, she told you. And I should I should also say, as much as I've kind of been like disinterested in the Beth character, I don't think Emily Kinney's doing a bad job. I think she's actually strengthened as an actress, which is the you know I I haven't been the biggest fan of her performance on this show in the past. So I mean that's credit to her, and I do think she's toughening up as a character. Right. So that's good. Uh, Robert Nigro gave two bottle episodes out of five. Uh, one of the very few series episodes I don't feel I have to watch again. Again, a point that Aaron made very very uh, recently. Mm-hmm. I uh, don't know how important the hospital prison will become, but I kept being distracted by callbacks to better episodes. As was I, sir. Uh, Beth Wakey in the hospital, Rick Wakey over the pilot, Beth in the elevator shaft, Glenn in the well, uh, Ben and Noah fleeing the walkers, echoed Shane and Otis at the school. Um, and the introduction of Dawn reminded me of the introduction of the governor making the whole hospital and house run feel very Woodbury to me. Uh, Max Sofer, 3.5 unbelievable headshots in the dark. <laughs> I'm cool with what they're doing, but I wasn't a big fan of the execution. Love Dawn's delusional state about being rescued, though. Uh, Luke Smith, I'm a Beth fan. Happy she's alive. Fear she might not be around for very long. I do think Noah encounters Daryl and Carol, and upon exploring the situation, plans a Trojan horse-like attack using Carol as bait. Um, Ian Timms, 3.5 vetoed vatos. Uh, referring to our uh, earlier theory about who was coming out of the woods. I was really worried for Beth. There are parts of the episode where I thought she, you know, might sing. <laughs> uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington. I love reading that name. I give this three stitches to the face out of five. It's true. Every time she got hit to the face, she got a new stitch. It's, it's true. A nice use of the... She got hit hard. Yeah, well, one time it was with a picture frame, for Pete's sake. Uh, nice use of the soon-to-be walker in Dawn's office to kill Gorman. Uh, Noah is more than likely the face in the shadows. So are Rick and company going back into Atlanta and attempt a rescue mission to get Carol and Beth back with Noah's help? That's my prediction. And um, Brad Milo, of course, uh, 
once of this podcast, but unfortunately his working schedule does not coincide with this. But you can hear him on the Half Hour Wasted, the Godfathers of the HHW LOD Podwork, no, uh, Podcasting Network. Uh, one of my least favorite episodes in the entire series. Wow. Probably because when I looked at Beth, all I could see was my kids being in that situation. I didn't like the feeling at all. I'd rather they be facing the entire herd of walkers, which I suppose was the point of this episode. And if you would like to uh, join our Facebook group and make comments such as these, or even more erudite and and, uh, and uh, pithy comments, and keep up on all the news and uh, and discussion there, then that uh, Facebook group is, uh, of course, the Walking Dead TV podcast page. Someone mentioned um, uh, Carol being a Trojan horse for like a Daryl attack or something. For whatever reason, I pictured like Daryl somehow like popping out of Carol and like just. Starts- I did too. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but I did too. <laughs> Oh, I, I do want to ad- address what they said about is this Rick and company coming back to Atlanta. That was a question I asked a buddy of mine from work was it's been what two, two and a half years in the zombie apocalypse, right? Somewhere around there. Yeah. Sounds about right. Since, since Rick broke up. Okay. Um, they've been traveling nonstop with the exception of the stay at the farm and the stay at the prison, but they've been moving why are they still so close to Atlanta? I mean, where Beth was able to be found by those people doing their little patrol, so they weren't, you know, obviously that far out. Well, they're still close to Atlanta because Terminus was right next to Atlanta, which is where they were heading. So did they they double back to go to Terminus then? I'd say pretty much, yeah. It's just, my whole thing is, when are they going to get out of Georgia? Let's get out of Georgia. I don't know. I, I think while, while I'd agree, if it was today, I think in the post-apocalypse, George is as good as anywhere else. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be curious to see if, if, like, if there's some fan that has like a map of like how Rick, Rick and the crew have walked. I know there's that, like, one for the comics. I'm sure there's one for the television show. Because you know there was like that 18 or whatever that like that winter period between season two and three where they were like moving around the whole time. Uh, I'd be curious, like, what is. Does Rick have like a directional plan that he like has tried to be moving the group in before knowing about Terminus and about the prison? Like, has there been like a we got to keep moving this way and like it just it's like a circle around stuff or what? You know, I'm just I'm just that is that's a curiosity. I have nothing a well, not a gripe or anything. Was there any plan between the prison and Terminus? It was just them. You know, the governor came in and blew everything up, and they were all you know. No, between yeah, between between prisoner and terminus, that was pretty clear. That was just like let's get let's get our senses let's get our senses together, and then oh yeah, here's some signs of terminus. But between the farm and the prison, I was curious what they're. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look. Well, it just seems like because we got when we got to season three, it was just they apparently survived a winter just moving place to place. We didn't really have an idea of what their goal was because they discovered the prison. In the first, in that first episode, and we only got like a glimpse of it in the second episode. We just figured we saw it was nearby somewhere, but so it's just like, what were they doing within that amount of time between that and the prison? Was... Yeah, good question. But but even now, like Abraham, obviously, like let's go to DC. So that's you know that's a, that's a clear goal. I get that goal. Like, what's Rick's intention right now? They got a pretty sweet church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have anything else to say about this uh, this episode before we close things out and talk about next week's episode, gentlemen? No, I don't think so. All righty then. Uh, listeners, if you'd like to send us a voicemail, you can do so at 972-798-3830 or send us an email, comments at walkingdeadtv.com or, of course, go to the Facebook group where most of our fan interaction happens and join us there, Walking Dead TV Podcast Facebook group on Facebook. 
Uh, you can check out hhwlod.com for all of our great shows like Half Hour Wasted, The Long Box of Doom, The Black Box, Out Now, The Ichapod, Cranecast, and many, many more. And Jersey Shore should be coming back very soon because we have some new episodes recorded, which I'm excited about. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We gave, already gave our individual Twitter names at the top of the episode, but you can follow the show in general at WDTV Podcast or the network at HHWLOD underscore network for news about all of our wonderful shows. And so until there's no more room in hell in the dead walk the earth, remember, it's all for the greater good. Shady Grady. <laughs> Have a good week, everybody. And next week on The Walking Dead, remember, Jerry, you want to cut out now. The episode next week is entitled Self-Help. And the description we have from TVGuide.com is, While on a mission, the group is confronted by new problems that test their ability to survive. Oh, that's, whoa. <laughs> what? what? Oh, oh, wow. oh, what a bold oh, direction. Uh, oh, my God. We do know this will be a Abraham and crew episode from the previews, or at least partially. Um, and the scene we saw on Talking Dead showed Abraham beating a dude to death with a, or it seemed to be anyway, with a can of beans. Oh my, whoa. Now, now I actually did not get to see Talking Dead. For some reason, my DVR felt it was more important to record CSI. Um, so, so what did we see in the... Uh... Well, we, we saw uh, a guy being beaten to death with a can of beans, and then it uh, pans up, and we see it's Abraham. My theory is that it's actually a flashback to before the zombie apocalypse, um, which I don't know how that would fit necessarily, but I just got this weird vibe about it that this was not happening in the current time, or maybe very early on in the zombie apocalypse. Are you, are you <laughs> sure it was CSI chose? Because I thought I saw a scene where like Abraham was like, looks like this walker isn't walking anymore, and they no, put on sunglasses. It was CSI. Okay. <laughs> I, I would have rather seen the bean juice, but, you know. <laughs> One last thing. I, I, I didn't want to say this during the normal part of the episode. Wasn't there a Noah in the comic books? Mm, maybe. Like, There's been yeah, a lot of characters but over the like, last like, years. I'm thinking further down when they get to DC. I, I don't know. I just was wondering if this was, like, the same character brought in a different way. or well, I, I, I'm just I'm remembering a Noah character. I just don't remember much about him. So Hold on. Noah, Walking Dead, comics. Let's see. What do I got? There is one in the Woodbury thing, and there is one in the show, obviously, that we just had. There's see, one in according Survival to the Walking Instinct. Dead wiki. Yeah, I'm assuming Sur you're looking at the same thing. Yeah. Uh, two actors from the TV series, as well as two characters within the TV series, and one within Survival Instinct. TV What's series, there was a Noah in Woodbury, who was 14 years old. Um, was he the one who Carl shot? No, that oh. kid was older than 14. And then there was, of course, uh, everybody hates Chris Noah. Yeah. And then Noah Cruz in Survival Instinct. Noah Emmerich, who played Edwin Jenner. And Noah Lomax, who played Luis Morales in season one. Is that one of the Vatos? No, no, no. He was uh, Morales. I'm, I'm assuming oh, it's Morales. That's Morales. Uh, he just went by his last name, I guess? No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. no, Morales... no, uh, Lo no Noah the... Lomax, yes. Was yeah. the actor. But yeah, it's Luis Morales, so... I guess it could be... Uh, well, I guess I could just click the name since it's Wikipedia. Uh, no, it's... Uh, it's one of the kids. Oh, I remember. Yeah, it's because that one It's one of Morales' like, kids. Old... Yeah, one of the... Which yeah. is funny because it just lists Morales' father, Miranda Morales, mother, Eliza Morales' sister. But you have no first name for Morales, apparently. I wonder where they are now. I, I... They got out of there. Hmm. They, were, they drove away. I think there's a decent chance that we could see them again. 
but uh, you never know. They left that open for the compelling plotline that is the Morales family webisodes. That we'll <laughs> 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 hey, are National they're Lampoon's they're Vacation. Uh, oh my god, that'd be amazing. The Morales family vacation. And it's just them driving in a wood-paneled van through the Walking Dead universe. Exactly. I want this to happen. Let's get on it, folks. Give it to me, Gimple. Oh, that's awesome. Give it to me, Gimple. <laughs> All right. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. I gotta say, last week's episode, when I had, you know, it always takes a little bit of work to line everything up to make sure everything's on, you know, the same timeline, even if we all record at the same time. Last week's was probably the closest to no adjustments needed at all. I think Jim was like a quarter second off from um, the center, so I had to fix that like once, hmm. but that was it. Well, we're just big goddamn professionals, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Watch, this week they'll be all over the place. I couldn't think of the word sponsor. <laughs> Words. <laughs> They're hard. <laughs> I said we bring back Esperanto and we all switch over to that. Anyway. <laughs> Give it to me, Gimple.